0: And now, broadcasting from his floating home somewhere in the Atlantic Ocean, the dream business coach himself, Jim Palmer.
1: Well, hello there, everybody. This is Captain Jim Palmer, the Dream Business Coach. Welcome to another fantastic interview. I am super excited to introduce you to a great friend of mine, uh, Carmen Torres. She is known as the HR Specialist. In fact, her website is My HR Specialist, which is pretty cool branding. Carmen's extensive experience in the HR field stretches back over 20 years. In this time, she's established a reputation for her ability to help create equitable, safe, and collaborative workplace environments for countless small to mid midsize and nonprofit organizations. Throughout her career, she has been sought out as a trusted advisor for her, ex- her expertise in building HR departments that allow both employees and employers to be productive and flourish. Her approach is comprehensive and holistic. Carmen is keenly aware of the complexities of managing human beings and the crucial importance of High-Functioning HR Departments for the Thriving Success of the Business. Carmen, how are you doing today?
2: Great, Jim. Thank you for having me. So
1: great to talk to you always. You know – so everybody, Carmen is gonna be one of my speakers at Dream Business Academy in San Diego, so I wanna make sure I get her on. She's got such a unique business where she, I mean, if you think of small to mid-size companies, they're usually at a place where they're not big enough to have an, an HR department, like some, you know, $80,000 a year HR guy or gal. And so she, she is the HR department for literally people all over the country, small businesses. And she's built an amazing business with a reputation. Carmen, when did when did all this start? I know I said twenty years ago, but when did you get into the whole HR field?
2: Yeah, so I actually do have over twenty years of experience in human resources, Jim. However, consulting with small to medium sized businesses, um, it's been since the since two thousand nine. So it's wow, it's amazing since two thousand nine.
1: You've been growing. You've been doing some amazing growth, and um, you know, I, I think we had a lot of entrepreneurs that listen to this program. So you know, they like they like to hear the good, the bad, and the ugly, not just the success stories. You know, I think in the last couple of years, you've experienced a lot of growth, and even had some growing pains of your own, as you because you do a lot of things for companies like you do employee handbooks and you help put on seminars and you do your own i mean there's so many things that you do that initially for you it was a great business and now you actually have uh, a, your own support team
2: yes that's correct and you know everything from recruiting and like you said uh employee handbooks so developing and implementing policies and procedures for workers and the the company But in between all of that, yes, there's a lot of things that happen, you know, sexual harassment investigations, uh, performance management, improvement plans and terminations amongst that as well. (laughs) Uh, A little bit of everything.
1: My goodness, with Hollywood being right down the road, that's that's probably a big big one. Uh, Yeah. Not to open that can of (laughs) worms.
2: Yes, actually, I I have clients uh, nationwide whom I do get calls regarding harassment issues. And so, you know, helping them um, figure out how to handle those situations has been, it's kept me busy this year for sure. I, I would think so. Let's talk about
1: employee handbooks. Why does a company, whether it's, you know, got one or two employees, a, single, a, a solopreneur company, or maybe they just got five or 10, why do they need to have a handbook? Or is that just something that they kind of should have on the shelf?
2: So, you know, the interesting thing about handbooks is that there is no legal requirement to have a handbook, right? However, what happens is that your handbook is your best way to communicate the policies and procedures that you have in place so that whenever you have um, a need to Whether it's to terminate an employee or to write them up for something. There is a standard procedure that you want to follow you want to ensure fairness. And the handbook allows you to do that because you're able to reference it every time there's a matter that needs to be um, addressed. And what it also does is that it gives the employee the opportunity to understand um, and to really be able to know where you're coming from It helps you set the tone of the Working relationship that you're going to have with them, and employee handbooks really give employees the feel that you are, um, you know, established and that you care about their well-being and about ensuring that they receive the benefits that they're entitled to. And there are so many benefits and so many laws that we do have to notify employees of. So keeping them all in one place is the best way to uh, manage that um but with that being said and I'll just real quick on this one Jim is that just because you have a handbook it doesn't mean that you're free and clear it's being able to follow what the guidelines are and making sure that the employees have acknowledged receipt of that handbook Um, that's Mm. very very important
1: let me follow up on that a little bit so with employee handbooks is that like a lot of the things you just mentioned seem very proactive and I know as a business owner we always kind of duck our head the other way until we get in trouble. Is, is having a handbook something that can save you? Should some sort of a employee slash employee, employee versus employer, um, you know, something go wrong there? Is, it, is a handbook something that can save them?
2: Yes, it definitely can, and I've seen it happen plenty of times. If an employer has a handbook that they're able to reference and to say, look, these are the policies that the employee violated, and that is the reason for the termination. So if the employee files a claim against you and they're claiming various things, but you've able to, you're able to show that you followed the steps in the handbook and that they were aware of the policy and that, in fact, you know, in between their time of employment, you've probably offered other type of training for them. You've given them an opportunity to improve on a certain area, whether it's, um, you know, excessive absences and tardiness. So, yes, it definitely helps you where it could a- be
1: okay keep yes. going sorry to interrupt
2: no no I, I what i want to say is that where it could be a little um you know off-site for you as an employer it would be if you're so specific in the handbook especially when it comes to disciplinary actions you know if you have uh, first offense second offense and then you know verbal written and you're very specific and that's and you don't follow that guideline, then that's where it could come back and you know, bite you and uh, not be supporting uh, to your claim.
1: Um, I know some, some of the other services that you offer for some of your retainer type clients uh, and folks, don't be scared by retainer. I mean, first of all, she's, she's not 50 cents an hour, but she's also not $5 million an hour. But for some of your retainer type of clients that, that want to let somebody go, there's a very specific way to do that. The language you use, things you say, things you don't say, things you document. You, you help people with that kind of stuff too, right?
2: Yes, we do help people with uh, terminations and making sure that they document it properly, especially it's, if it's for cause. When it's for a layoff a reduction in workforce, you know, they're very simple. We need to make sure that we still provide them the information that they need Uh Especially if they have any benefits that are pending. So you would offer them COBRA information, for example, but if it's for cause. Then you want to make sure that you have that information documented. You also want to be sure to provide the employee with required pamphlets, such as uh, the EDD forms that uh, they should have access to.
1: So you know, we it's can interesting. You know, help
2: to manage our compliance.
1: Yeah, mm-hmm. and I think in my former life as a regional manager, I had a lot of employees. I don't have employees now. I have virtual assistants, and that's a whole can of worms too. That I think I'd like you to address at DBA, just kind of the difference between um, having contractor workers versus employees. I think so many people are probably skirting the issue there. We'll leave it at that. But um, how do, how is it that um, when these companies are growing, you know, I think of HR, it's one of those, and you know, I, I don't think you'll take offense to this. HR is one of those pain in the ass type of things that you it's a very necessary function I mean it's kind of like accounting I told my accountant he used, he used to ask me hey did you hear about the new law blah blah I said no you you go study that I don't want to study mm-hmm. it it's like what you do and I think HR is like that if I think of the typical entrepreneur who's got a skill and they, they do something mm-hmm. they have a service and then next thing you know they they're hiring people to support them they're not HR they're not HR specialists right so that's that's why they need someone like you
2: Yes, that's right, Jim. And it is, it, you know, it is a pain in the ass kind of thing to deal with. But you know what, I love it. <laughs> I've been doing it for so long. <laughs> and I can I can handle it. I actually enjoy it. And the people that I work with enjoy it. Um, you know, and that's the kind of team that I have to build. I have to build the kind of team that you know, who is able and capable of um, helping others in this situation, because the clients that we work with, it's not their area of expertise, and they should be focusing on the things that, uh, you know, generate money for them, and which is their business and business development and, and building their own teams. So, I, I'm really glad that it's uh, it, it's something that I enjoy, and I look forward to it. Um, it it's just, it's, it's pretty awesome. I, I love being in this business.
1: <laughs> yeah, and, you know, I, I say things sometimes to people. I don't want you to think I'm willy nilly. Believe me. I I will pay a lawyer. I will pay a good accountant and I'll pay someone like Carmen to make sure I stay lean, mean, and legal. Right. Mm -hmm. Because the time to find out you're not any of those things, it's really going to cost you far more than, than if you just done the right thing. So I just want to ask you one question. We don't have to go into this too deeply, but, um, A 1099, you know, contractor, some called them VA virtual assistants, et cetera, versus an actual employee, you know, a W2 employee. What are two or three things that would, that would uh, be an alarm for you if, if you were working with somebody?
2: So one of them definitely if your VA your independent contractor is working on site at your office on a daily basis and they go there day in, day out, uh, that would be one thing I would be, um, you know, wanting to look at and and reevaluate. The second thing would be how do you pay them? Do you pay them uh, on a weekly basis, biweekly during the same time that you do payroll? And do you pay them by hour? or based on a project basis. That's something else that should be evaluated. And the third thing would be, do you give them benefits? You know, are you offering your independent um, contractors or your virtual assistants benefits such as time off? Uh, Do they have to ask you for time off, you know, when when they're going on vacation? Or can they just be anywhere they want to and you know, you're okay with that. So those are three big things to consider.
1: Wow, Carmen, do people actually have VAs and give them benefits? That seems so counterintuitive to the whole VA structure.
2: Yes, as a matter of fact, Jim, I have a client, I won't name them, but it's Pasadena, California, who uh, just made a huge mistake, you know, or they wanted to be awesome with their team, and they had independent contractors. Uh, who they offered them a paid uh, vacation. And so unfortunately, at one point, they needed to lay off their independent contractors. And you see even the word that I used, lay off. That's how they presented it to me, right? So that's how they presented it to me and to their team. So what happened is that they automatically assumed that they were employees. So they went to the unemployment development department, filed for unemployment benefits, uh, they were told, hey, you're an independent contractor, you get paid on the 1099 form, so you don't qualify. Oh, well, that's interesting, because I get, you know, benefits, and I get this, and I get that. Oh,
1: my so, gosh.
2: Huge investigation, and you can only imagine the cost of that. Yes. Mm-hmm.
1: Oh, my gosh. And and had they had you for a phone call and, and a little consultation, you you could have prevented all that.
2: What, Indeed. What's
1: mm-hmm. the deal with conflict resolution? I mean, how much of that is is part of your business
2: so we definitely offer conflict resolution and especially uh, you you want to minimize that so what we do is if it's amongst the entire team and it's already something that's seeped into the company or to several departments, then we start with leadership, first determine you know how that may have started. We talk to team members and we create a training to support them through that. Um, there's conflict resolutions trainings that also include some team building activities and how to understand each other's um, work habits, because that's usually how conflicts begin people don't understand the work habits of their team members and they begin to take things personal or, you know, feel like they're being attacked and um, single. Um, uh, oh my gosh, the words on the tip of my tongue, but single out, you know? <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> and so um, we definitely help them with conflict resolution. And sometimes it means, you know, having to uh, let go of someone um, and, you know, it, it definitely will improve your your team environment when you address it immediately.
1: So, do you do things? Um, and I know you have different services packages depending how big they are, how much time they want, of course. But do you do things like even like do you help people with the right files, the employee personnel files to have? What forms are, I mean, do you go in and audit like
2: companies? Yes. Yes. Recently, uh, we audited a company with 250 employees. And mind you, this was a bigger company, but we've done it for five and ten employees. Because when you do things right from the beginning, it helps you stay uh, compliant, you know, throughout the growth of your company. So even if you have five employees or you're just starting a new team and you're hiring your first employee, um, we will help you. With all of the required paperwork that you should have for your new hires and um, make sure that you're able to provide them the required pamphlets, uh, whether they're, you know, state, local, federal pamphlets, and uh, that your application is up to date because, especially if you're in California, there are a lot of changes that have come up. With ban the box, where you can't ask about someone's uh, if someone's been convicted, or you can't ask about um, their salary that they've um, they've had. You know what what their minimum requirement is. So there's so many things that uh, have changed, and so you want to make sure you have the right applications um, for your new hire packet.
1: How important are exit interviews? And is that only applied to an employee or does that imply to like a 1099? Well, I guess, yeah, that's a very good question because yes. I don't know that.
2: <laughs> that's yeah, that, that's a great question, Jim. So you don't want to do exit interviews for a 1099. I'll start there. And uh, <clears throat> what you want to do is if you want to understand especially if you have a lot of turnover and high turnover, you want to understand why are the team members leaving? Why are employees leaving? And you're going to get information from exit interviews, especially if you ask the right questions, and uh, we help the companies develop the right questions for their exit interviews, and when you do that is you begin to realize that, wow, maybe I don't have the right manager on hand, you know, and I realize a lot of the employees leaving mentioned that this manager is perhaps not a good listener, uh, you know, doesn't care about um input from, their, from the team. And so you'll, you'll pick up on a lot of things that will help you make better decisions.
1: What are some of the biggest mistakes that you see uh, entrep- solopreneurs making? Or is that, is that even a big area? Like if there's a solopreneur, obviously there's no employees and there's no V, or there could be VAs, I guess. Or, so do you, do, do you work with solopreneurs? Are you more with, um, you know, as you say, emerging uh-huh. businesses that have, that have growing staffs?
2: So I do work with solopreneurs, and one of the biggest mistakes that I see is um, when, because as a solopreneur, you can have an independent contractor, and so, but the biggest mistake that I see there is that they begin to treat them like an employee, so that they don't know the difference between an employee and an independent contractor.
1: Okay. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, Trying to think, what else What else should I have asked you? Because I feel like we've covered a lot of ground.
2: I know, there's a lot to cover and there's always a lot. <laughs> but I think one of the things that uh, a lot of employers don't do is that they don't do performance evaluations on their team members or they don't evaluate their progress once they've hired someone. I think that's really important because what I find is that Um, you know, when an employee has been on board for four months, five months, and then the employer wants to terminate someone. And it's fine. You can definitely terminate someone, especially if you're in a state that's at will employment. However, they don't have some documentation, you know, I'll ask them, why do you want to terminate? Well, you know, they're always late and they they've been working in this position for and a half months and they still don't know how to use you know the system and i said okay have you documented that have you know have you gone over that with them again no i haven't i just want to let them go now so evaluating them along the way especially within the first 30 days and say okay this is where we're at this is where you're not performing this is what's expected in the next three to four weeks we're going to check in again that is very important and I, i recommend that i have a lot of clients who want to terminate employees and you can terminate them but then when they go and apply for benefits um your employment rate because you have so many uh, points against you uh, because of the employment benefits that are being given to employees. And it's all based on the fact that you have not documented this information, that the employee was not aware that they could be terminated because uh, they had not been performing or had not yet met the standards that you have for them.
1: So the last question about the handbooks, is that something, I mean, is that specific to California or, I mean, no matter where you are, they could have a handbook and do you have expertise to serve clients nationally?
2: Yes, absolutely. Uh, We've created handbooks for, as a matter of fact, you know, um, for a client in Rhode Island and, you know, a client in Texas. And uh, so handbooks are straight across the board, doesn't matter where you are, they're very important. And because there are a lot of federal policies and regulations that you should include, such as harassment and um, workers' comp, you know, there's so many things that that you have to, or employees with disabilities, so you, you have to make sure to include all of that in your handbooks.
1: Awesome. Carmen, this has been a really uh, enlightening interview. I can't wait to uh, see you again in San Diego and have you address all, of, all the peeps that come to San Diego. What, um, what's a good website for them to look you up and get connected with you in the meantime?
2: MyHRSpecialist.com.
1: Well, that's easy. Yes, <laughs> and, what, and what's your super secret email <laughs> or just anyone you want to give?
2: Yes. So if they want to reach out to us, um, email us at info at myhrspecialist.com.
1: All right, cool. Carmen, thanks so much. I'll see you in a couple weeks.
2: Yes, thanks, Jim.
1: Hey, folks, that represents this, this, this very special interview with Carmen Torres, the uh, founder, president, and chief HR <laughs> muckety-muck at My HR Specialist. I'm sure she appreciated me calling her title muckety-muck, but myhrspecialist.com. She is definitely somebody you want to have in your corner. Come meet her and um, get an autograph, get a picture with her at... Uh, DBA, Dream Business Academy, San Diego. Final uh, seats are going quick at dreambusinessacademy.com. If we're not connected yet, um, hook up with me at my um, free Facebook group, which is Build Your Dream Business Now. That is dreambizgroup.com, dreambizgroup.com. That is it. Until next week, another great interview. I am Captain Jim Palmer, the Dream Business Coach, and you take good care.